Hello and welcome back to the Popcorn for Dinner podcast and welcome to the bestest place on earth. Today we are planning Prison Break 2023. Woohoo! But also we're discussing Barry's final season premiere. And joining me today, he's the Splash Brothers of Barry podcasters. It's Jeremiah. Hey guys. Jerry, how are you doing? I'm good, I'm good. I'm I'm not sure. I, I didn't understand that reference, unfortunately, but fair enough. We'll, we'll get into that. Oh, the Splash Brothers uh that's a reference to uh Steph Curry and Jesus Christ, why is his name leaving my head? Oh, this is not this is not a good showing. Um but from the Golden State Warriors. His name come during the recording. Clay? Is it Clay? Clay, yes. Yeah, I don't, I don't watch that yeah, often, that was, so that's why. That was, yeah, that was more of old age than lack of ball knowledge. Um, yeah, so that was when, when um, Noho Hank is like, he's the Splash Brothers oh. of, of Assassins. Oh. Um, oh. Well, how have you been? Are you ready to talk about Barry? I, I believe you spoke about Barry last season with Obiara? Yeah, for the finale. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you, how are you feeling? Actually, we can talk about like Barry final season thoughts a bit later, but yeah, but generally, how are you? How are you doing? Welcome back to the podcast. I'm good. Yeah, no, it's good to be back as well. Um, what was the last episode I did? It wasn't, it wasn't the Barry finale, was it? Or was it the Barry? I think it was the Barry finale. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, no. Because that was last year. Yes, yeah, so I think it was probably the Barry. I feel like there, there must have been something else we just, because there's a reason I used my mic recently. I just can't remember what it was. Okay, but yeah, um, I'm feeling good in general, I think. Uh, just life in, yeah, I'm preparing stuff, um, work. You know, work is actually very calm right now, actually. So there, yeah, I, I have nothing to complain about at this very moment in time. And in terms of the pod, like, obviously, I'm glad to be back. I was thinking about the idea that, yeah, the very first episode I came on, I remember Obiara, I said this on the Barry episode, but Obiara asked me about, like, my favorite dark comedies to watch. And I remember mm-hmm. we briefly spoke about Barry. And then a few mm-hmm. years later, you guys are short someone for like the season finale recording. And they're like asking me, oh, can you come on? I'm like, yeah, sure. Of course I'll come talk about Barry. And then now it's like final season. It's just like, we're, we're going to do potentially the whole season. That's crazy. Like, yeah. Grow yeah. Up. Now you're, you, now you're the Barry guy. I, <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Barry. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's great. It's great to have you back. Um, Obiara will hopefully be joining us in a couple of weeks once he's finished with his exams. Um, speaking of final seasons, though, it's it's final season galore. It's the final season of Succession. It's probably the final season of Ted Lasso, and we are covering both shows. It's the final season of Mrs. Maisel. We're not covering that weekly, but I believe I'll be talking about that at, at some point, one way or another. Uh, so we're covering those shows on the podcast. We are also covering The Mandalorian, the f- um, season pre- season finales this week. We're going to be covering Love and Death when, once, it, once it premieres next week. Um, yeah, so Succession, Ted Lasso, Mandalorian, Barry. Barry and Succession will be out immediately. You finish watching the episodes on HBO. So Monday morning, Sunday night, wherever you are, check our podcast um, feeds and you can watch the episodes. And please, please just continue to rate and review. If it's the first time on this podcast, please, if you like what you're listening to, please rate and review us on um, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Please give us five stars. If you don't like this content, please don't review. Thank you. But then if you do, please give us five stars. Um, Okay, let's talk about Barry. Let's talk about our favorite 
hitman turned actor turned hitman again um so barry season four episodes one and two like we mentioned is the final season episode one is titled yikes it's written by bill hader and episode two is titled bestest place on earth written by nikki hirsch and both are directed by bill hader jerry what are your overall impressions on this start to our final barry season you know i i probably only watched the trailer twice before starting like the entire time but I actually I had no idea what to expect. Because I remember when Obiara and I talked about the finale, we were even wondering, will Barry actually go to prison? But the trailer pretty much told you straight up, like, he's in jail, whatever. Like, fair enough, the case hasn't actually um, gone to trial just yet. It's literally, like, hours after his Yeah, attack. it just picks up literally right after he's arrested. Which is also good, because I feel like last season had this whole idea of what we were talking about, this whole idea of redemption and forgiveness versus consequences and justice. And it's like, this mm-hmm. season seems to start off on that. Everyone, all of a sudden, we're seeing where they, where they left off. And so we're seeing them deal with consequences and fallout. With Barry, that's, he's finally arrested for his crimes. And there's, you know, we don't know what's coming for him, kind of. Um, Gene as well, we're seeing, it might seem like positive consequences, but we're seeing the fallout of his sting operation and how that is potentially going to catapult his career, or at least for, for, the, for these next few days, we see how people are responding to that. And even Sally as well, like the fallout from losing her show and finding out the news of Barry, pretty much everything. Like this, these first two episodes kind of get us into where everybody is, including Hank and Cristobal. And also just mm-hmm. like, what is it that they're going to be not necessarily struggling with, but what are the consequences of their actions? And then how are they going to be responding to it? Because that's what I'm picking up now. It's like um, everything has consequences, but at the same time, people live in the reality in their own head that they want to live in. Mm, okay. Yeah, that's, 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 a, that's, a, good, that's a good point. Uh, what we're going to do this episode, we're going to cover it kind of character by character. Um, if you don't know, um, or maybe you don't, if maybe you don't even care about things like this, but uh, Bill Hader is going to be directing all episodes this season, which I'm very excited about because I believe he has a very, very interesting cinematic eye. I like when he directs episodes. I like some of the shots he does. Some of the shots in this episode, are, in these two episodes, are just incredible. So, yeah, I'm sure I'll be gushing about Bill Hader's directing all through the season. Okay, so on my uh, my notes, I've kind of grouped these three together, and I think we'll kind of go weaving and out and talking about the three of them, and that's uh, Barry, Fuchs, and Sally. So as you mentioned, obviously, we pick up a few hours after the end of season three. Um, we catch Barry continue to run through his daddy issues. He hasn't yet kind of like accepted that Gene was one that set him up, and he tries to tell Gene again that he loves him. And obviously, um, Gene, now with the comfort of knowing that well, Barry has a whole prison between um, himself and 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 Gene. He tells him he basically shuts him down and tells him that he, essentially that he won. Um, Fuchs, on the other hand, is surprised to see Barry in, in in his prison, so he runs to the FBI and volunteers to to wear a wire as the the coward that Fuchs is. But after Barry apologizes, he and gets essentially beaten up by God, like destroyed by God. Fuchs decides to forego the deal and actually be a a friend to Barry. 
I think it's probably the first place to kind of like take a pit stop because I just want to praise like the acting and directing in that that Barry breakdown scene. Oh, yeah. Like the camera just staying on the mirror throughout, Bill Hader completely losing it. All of that was just, I don't know, just really, really good. And Bill Hader was doing his best, best Robert De Niro in Taxi Driver impression, which there are worse things to, to try and impersonate. Um, what do you, you have any thoughts on where we find Barry this like hours after he's kind of realized what is happening or still trying to realize what is happening and what has Gene, what Gene has done to him? I think I'm very obviously worried for him in the sense, I mean, fair enough, he's getting his due, but like you're worried about his mental state right now when, you know, is the, are the, these aren't dream sequences, but at the same time, is he in his head or is he actually hallucinating these scenes? Um, things like that. But also in terms of how he feels towards the people he's harmed and how he feels in terms of what he's done. Cause like he saw Fuchs and Fuchs is probably expecting him right there to go, you know, Fuchs, the whole of season three, Fuchs is scared. The, the, the monastery, um, incidents in season two is because Barry's going after Fuchs. And then here's Fuchs locked in a prison yard with the one person mm-hmm. that he believes has been trying to kill him this whole time. And for some reason, he's just like, yeah, like I should have listened to you and he's full of regret or maybe that's just what I, I don't know. But you can, like you said, he's trying to process everything. He's still asking mm-hmm. Gene, did you, did you guys set me up? You know, I love you. Things like that. And it, it's somewhere between it's, it, it's not denial, but it kind of is like, He's somewhat, he's somehow accepting that he is where he is, but he's still trying to process how he didn't see that coming, basically, in like the way I see it anyway. And then that, that's just what worries me because it's like, what's going to be left of Barry by the end of this journey? Wait, so you, you, you're worried for Barry? You care about Barry's, like, you want him to be happy? I, oh, I don't know about that. I mean, it's like what Obira and I were discussing. You can't really have redemption in place of justice or, um, like consequences or accountability. Like, just because you are trying to be a better person doesn't kind of negate the bad things you've done. So there is a sense that he will get his due, but how does that leave him? I, I'm just, I'm just intrigued to see where they go with that. Basically, I, I, I have yeah. no other thoughts beyond. Let me see what will happen to Barry, and let me see how he will respond to it. No, I get that, and I think for anyone who who is in the Venn diagram of, of Better Call Saul and Barry, I immediately, I was immediately thinking about Better Call Saul this this season premiere, and that's a show that I was able to really, really land the whole justice struck, redemption struck penance um trifecta yeah so yeah so i definitely know that it's possible for the show to land it and i'm not i don't think like i don't i'm not trying to say can they do like protocol so i think it's two very different shows two very different anti-heroes at the center but just it's an interesting thing to think of um it's actually funny that you forget that like fuchs and barry didn't share a scene like physically in season three so this is probably the last time they've seen each other since the end of season two. That's actually true. Like there was all all the scenes they shared in season three were all phone scenes. Yeah, and that scene did not play out the way, at least definitely not the way Fuchs expected, not the way I expected. But it's like Barry has lost one father figure, so now he's running to get back to his old one. Like yeah, like um, 
Gene has, has shut him down. Now he's trying to crawl back to, to Fuchs. Um, Sally, Sally lands in Joplin to, to a barrage of, of messages checking in on her because, well, people are like, your boyfriend was a killer. And she promptly has a panic attack when she finds out all this information. Um, I don't, I mean, we'll probably have, I mean, I think you did a, did you do a rewatch before this final season? Yeah, I did. Um, a full season rewatch? Full, like all three seasons? Yeah. Okay. So did, how much insight did we have about Sally's home life? I knew, we knew it wasn't perfect, but like how much did we know? I felt like this, obviously this is the first time we're getting a proper glimpse into it. I, mm-hmm. I'm struggling to think if it's actually ever been mentioned, her relationship with her mom, as opposed mm-hmm. to her relationship with Sam. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, obviously you can think in hindsight, like when everything happened with Sam, she went over to her friends, not her parents. There's, yeah. you know, there, you don't really question that at the time because it's not brought up. But yeah, it was interesting to see where she would land um, in Joplin because obviously she's not going to go home to where Sam lives, but she grew up there. So she has family there. It's just, I, yeah, I don't I don't remember there being much on specifically her parents. We just know that it was yeah. a weird upbringing, which makes sense that she would be secretive about it. So, like, in a sense, it works with us seeing it and being like, okay, this is new, mm-hmm. but we're starting mm-hmm. to understand this character just a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Her mom's reaction in the car is, is it's, that's a ridiculous scene, man. Bruh. Like, your, your daughter is breaking down. By the way, Sarah Goldberg does an incredible breakdown, but your, your, your daughter is breaking down you're just there like oh yeah can i have can i have extra sauces i'm just like jesus christ and then on the other hand her dad is like over eager and it just it makes sense this alchemy makes sense of how um um sally can come out of these two parents so yeah that was quite depressing and sally only spends two scenes back home and she's she runs away because she's not she's not gonna do that she's not gonna work for her father as an assistant (laughs) Anyway, so the next time we do see Sally, she's visiting Barry in prison to, on one hand, make sure that he has buried, you know, that that body that she killed um, properly. But then before she leaves, even though she's quite reluctant to leave, she tells Barry that she always felt safe with him and doesn't say I love you back, but also doesn't, like, completely reject it. And that's kind of like the only kernel that Barry needs to to build a tree and he takes that and he uses that to hope for a better life with Sally and you earlier mentioned like the kind of memories stroke vision stroke daydreaming that Barry has been having which are just expertly directed by, by Bill Hader again and then now after meeting Sally he has this one which I kind of understood to be a vision of the wedding of one of he and Sally's kids and that was kind of my understanding of that whole thing so it's kind of like the life he can live with Sally and that leads him to betray Fuchs and ask for a deal with the FBI okay I didn't put that connection together at the end sorry to call you that I didn't put that that, because I was trying to figure on the second watch I was trying to figure like what is the scene like what like what is like I knew obviously as I'm seeing him and uh, Sally and he's imagining this life with her and I'm like okay like I was it something that he wished would happen is it something he's longing for is it something he's holding on to or like we'll keep him going but mm-hmm. yeah that makes sense as motivation to take that deal that we can go into later yeah and Barry has, if anything he's been always been very delusional about about love 
I remember it was it, it was in season one. Obviously, you did a rewatch, like we mentioned earlier, where he buys her a laptop, I think. And like the first time he talks to her or something stupid like that. Yeah. 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 So like he's always been delusional about, I don't know, people loving him and loving people. And look, that I'm sure I'm sure his own home life wasn't great. And then obviously his time in, in war. But he he thinks maybe giving money to Kusner or getting Kusner a job and all these things will make Kusner forget about everything. He somehow believes that he can live a life with Sally because she wasn't entirely mean to him on this phone call. Um, he wants to take her along to witness protection. Um, yeah, so that's kind of where we leave Barry and we'll talk about some things that that influences in a second. But for Sally, this Barry news, along with the the video of Natalie, of him, oh, of her shot on Natalie last season, kind of means that she's basically untouchable in, in the industry. So now yeah, she'll have to or... either resort to... Sorry, Sorry untouchable or unhirable? Well, both. But they're the same thing. Oh, I get, like, sorry. Well, I was looking at actually, untouchable as in, like, you know how in FM, when you're untouchable, you're doing really well and, like, no one can fire you? I was thinking, oh, yeah, oh, I get what you Okay, no, like, wait, okay, no, sorry. I meant unhirable in that case. Yeah, but yeah untouchable, like, just, like, no one wants to go near her. I get it now. Yeah. Okay. So she'll have to either resort to doing a reality show or even worse still, God forbid, a podcast. Right. Um, I did not take that personally at all. Why should I? Um, so that's kind of where we leave we leave Sally before she meets Jean in a second. We're talking to get to when we get to Jean. But then for Fuchs, he puts it together that Barry is working with the FBI. And this breaks him so much that I felt anger that I was feeling bad for Fuchs. I was like, fuck you, Barry HBO. Why are you making me feel bad for Fuchs? Like, why is Fuchs genuinely having genuine emotions about Barry betraying him, even though he's a piece of shit? I don't know about um, that. Well, you don't know about what part? As in, yeah, no, as in, I don't know about feeling bad for Fuchs. <laughs> I hate Fuchs. I don't, I, I'm not saying, like, I, I'm not saying change the entire show. Yeah, of course. No, like, I hate, in that I, moment, I hate Fuchs. So, like, I don't think I felt any sort of sympathy for him in that moment. <laughs> that's fair. I mean, I, the person I know that hates Fuchs most is probably um, Damilio Lauer-Basher. So, if he's listening to this, I would like to know what his thoughts <laughs> are, are, are on Fuchs. I mean, I don't know. I'm not saying... Like I still he's still a piece of shit, but I don't know. It was interesting. Oh, it was surprising to see him yeah. show emotion. I thought there, like, I thought there would be some sort of ulterior motive to him cozying up to Barry when he realized Barry exactly, was broken. Exactly. So yeah, I thought it was a plan. I didn't know it was actually real emotion. I thought he was maybe going to throw Barry under the bus to be able to get away mm-hmm. when he came to the court case or whatever. Uh, so yeah, he, and you see him crying when he's on the phone with with, with Hank. Um, do you have any final thoughts on that trifecta of of Fuchs, Sally, and Barry before we move on to the other characters? Um, I think just coming back to Sally and and how she processes things um, in the middle mm. of her breakdown. Because what uh, I'm not going to go into my own therapizing myself or whatever, but it's just interesting. You know how people say um, you pick up traits from your parents and whatnot. So we're seeing her mom be completely oblivious to her mom to her own breakdown. And hmm. now this is not this is not a criticism of Sal- Sally in any way. I think she's aware of like her mom being able like able to do this. But Jean asks her like you know you you've been living with him and you're telling me you never saw one sign. And it takes me back to like different scenes that we used to see as hilarious in season one and two, where Barry 
has just gone through something harrowing and mm. um Sally is just like she receives whatever she receives from Barry in that moment. She interprets it how she does and she, she takes moves what on she exactly. Needs, right. Like and she you're does right. that with so many different characters. And it's just interesting to see her mom in a more extreme version of that. Like someone is visibly in pain crying out to you. It's more than just misinterpreting someone else. But like That's a good point. You sort of just, Isn't there a scene I think was this season two finale where Barry gives like I should have rocked you. I didn't have time to rewatch. I think Barry gives like a monologue or something as terrible as... I'm not, not even the one... I mean, there's obviously the one on stage oh, okay. when, during their play. But I think that's after he has killed Chris. I yeah, think, and yeah. he's like, whatever you did to I, go... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I feel like there's another, there's another scene... In my head, they have it like it's by the pool or something. And Barry... Anyway, but, but I can't remember. But it goes to what you're saying where something real in Barry's real life is influencing either his role as a boyfriend or as a scene partner and then she's just taking it and not like willing to empathize or find out if there's actually something wrong that's yeah that's actually very like, good that's a very it good point shows yeah. up in a relationship with natalie as well and even gene to a certain extent like I, I that's what that's the point i was kind of making up, up um, trying to get out with people living in the reality that they want to because even mm-hmm. right from episode one barry tells a real like his real story about who he is and why he needs this. And Gene, being an acting teacher, assumes that it's an audition and runs with that until he finds out it's not. It's just it's just mm-hmm. interesting to see so many characters kind of go through that process of that glass shattering at some point that they realize the world is going on around them, but they've been living with their own interpretation of it all along. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Yeah. Yeah, we, um, yeah, we can move on to other characters. No, yeah, I was just, I was just thinking about that. Actually, yeah, that's a good point. Let's talk about Gene. Let's talk about Gene. So, Gene is heralded as an overnight hero for his work in, in, in capturing Barry. And Jim Moss mentions that there's a Vanity Fair reporter that is kind of like snooping around trying to get a story. <laughs> and, like, of course, of course, Gene is the one like talking to the to the reporter in like. In like Batman voice, like of course, Gene is such a fame whore. He's like, there is like this makes perfect sense for this character. This like yes, this is what he would do. He's not, he's not, he's going to try and exploit this for for his career or for whatever. Like of this course. is the most obvious thing that has happened across these two episodes. Like I was just like, yeah, of course. Like I didn't think about it. But I was like, of course, this makes sense. This is so on brand for this guy because he also is a piece of shit. <laughs> Yeah, in a but, sense. Um, yeah, so but like, but like, yeah, so let's. I was going to say, do you have any thoughts before? But let's go straight to there because yeah, like no in one sense, about anything else. Sorry, in one sense, it brings in the like. You see how people always say like this show, obviously a dark comedy. People expect it to be half comedy, half drama. But then Barry will always go a very long way on this very dark path, like way for for us to keep exploring. And then they'll bring in mm-hmm. a character like Hank or Gene in this case. And that's where the comic relief comes in a sense. Like when Gene is struggling to set up the myth, the rest of the mystery for the reporter to follow. Oh and he catches him and just like, why? And then he gives him, he's like, okay, we're right here. But then he still gives him the final one and tells him to meet him there because he, ha- like you said, he has to do it this way. Because it's Gene. You know what? I don't think it was the final one. That's the problem. Because I feel like he had other envelopes in his hand. Maybe. Like, there were more steps in the plan. <laughs> Maybe. Because Gene is an idiot. 
I just, I just, I just thought, like, at the very least, make sure the one that you're putting up first has, like, a few, I don't know, maybe it's just me, like, I would, I would want to start from the end, but obviously maybe he's thinking of time as well, but basically, I yeah, wouldn't want there like, to be a time that you would catch up to me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, how did you get here? You drive a rocket. Just like, gee, you're not, you're not very good at this. Anyway, but, yeah, so that leads to Gene playing a, performing a play version of Barry's seasons one, two, three. Oh, God. Um, at least his version of that version of, of, yeah. of the story. Uh, because he wasn't as brave in the in the real version, but yeah, um, oh, that's funny actually. Because you know how in season two, I think yeah, in season two, Gene has all of them, all the students in his acting class use their own personal stories based on Barry using mm-hmm. his own personal story to make a play, and Gene, in a sense, the class is closed, but he's doing that, and he's doing exactly what he didn't tell what him and Barry tried to get Sally, Sally not to do, which is Sally lied in her story. And mm. Gene himself is embellishing some details, you know, giving a semi-accurate story to make himself look like this hero. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But also, it, it also makes sense that Gene would do that because remember when Barry told him what really went down in Corridor, he's like, you can't say, you can't say that. Like, let's, let's do it this way. <laughs> yeah. It was like, that's fucked. What do you, what do you mean? You can't keep that to yourself. Uh, yeah, he tells the reporter to keep it yeah. um anonymous and obviously like something's gonna come from that. That and that I ah, I should have written down his name, I've forgotten his name, but I always know him as for his role on Mad Men as as the reporter. Um yeah, then Gene has a, a final scene with Sally, in which I wrote down what I the line I really liked from that conversation yeah. is after he's asked Sally, didn't she notice anything? And I immediately my brain goes to last season when this is Chinid. I think this might be Chinid's best scene in the whole of Barry, when Barry is like, "I will go to her apartment. This is the woman who cancelled Sally's show. Oh, yeah, and I'll break in and I'll take pictures and I'll send it to her like I'm watching you. Then I'll replace her dog with a slightly smaller dog, just so she loses, so she thinks she's losing her mind. Just little things, nothing violent. Just like Jesus Christ. It was like things we learned in the army. Anyway, yeah. So my my brain immediately went to there that point, and obviously, we know that when when he did that, Sally actually took action and basically yeah. took him out because that was quite fucked up. But yeah, no. But Gene says to Sally, uh, "We are both victims here. He was obsessed with us. He treated us as superstars, as actors. That's very hard to resist. So it's going. That might be the most honest thing Gene has ever said on the show. Yeah, because it's going to their um, narcissism. It's going to the fact that like they were able to, or they were willing to l- overlook all of Barry's red flags because he was giving them the right kind of attention. Like, he was adult- idolizing them. He he told Sally she was a genius. He told Sally she, her, shows were, her show was good. He told her acting was good. He told her writing was good. So, you can overlook one or two, like you said, some of the things that he did previously because he praises you the right way. And I, th- I just thought that was one of the, that was the most honest and most introspective uh, um, Gene has ever been but yeah that's kind of where we we believe Gene he's a hero he's also trying his best to um, write his own legend mm. in, in Vanity Fair um, yeah and look the fact that they brought back what's his name um, Robert Wisdom who plays Janice's dad means obviously I'm sure he's going to play some role yeah. um, in the, in this final season the, if he's a man a man who can get his captor to kill himself in the war is, is, is a man everybody else is afraid of. Um, okay. 
should we quickly go to who I believe is your favorite character on this show? I feel like you're probably right, but like I'll let you actually say who you think it is. I mean, no who has. Okay, fair enough. I've talked about everything. Is he your favorite character? Yeah, absolutely. I love Hank. I, I have, I, like, that, that, that tracks 100% for you. Um, so we meet Hank and Cristobal, who, by the way, Cristobal seems to have quickly recovered from his electroshock gay conversion therapy, therapy, which happened maybe a day ago, considering the timeline of the two seasons. Yeah, you know, I don't even know. Like, because we weren't... Sh- obviously, we knew it was some sort of conversion thing going on at the time. But when I was rewatching, because mm-hmm. I, I watched season three last week, and I got to that episode and I realized something. Elena was... Her ver- okay, but without trying to go into too much detail on everything, Elena was trying to do this thing no, where she was detail. kind of like some sort of Pavlov conditioning where she's shocking him while the guy is dancing. And then I noticed, yeah. maybe I knew this before, but like I noticed as I was watching now, I don't know if I had forgotten about it, that when she was then in front of him trying to talk to him, she had him, she had a guy playing the piano in what was probably supposed to be some sort of romantic, whatever. So he associates romance with her. And then even, even when the guy tries to sing, she's like, shut up. But in Spanish, like, mm-hmm. like, like, let's, let, let, this is, this is about me. And then all of a sudden, while the piano is still there before it like goes off, she's shot. And then the guy playing is shot as well. And the person who comes up is Hank. And in that moment, Cristobal is like conscious enough to say, he, he doesn't say anything to anyone until he sees Hank and he's like, Hank. And at some point in this episode, he confesses, I love you, Hank. And I'm, I'm, I started putting that like, because I was wondering from watching that scene, like, is it possible that Cristobal now reaches a point where he's so into Hank that it creates some friction with him and Barry because he kind of gets jealous of Hank's obsession with Barry because right now he's it's somehow worked slightly but maybe like when the season started I was like hmm, maybe there's no reference to it until um Hank brings up Barry oh, yeah. and then you're like maybe he's okay but nobody realizes that he's just extra into Hank at this moment because we're used to Hank doing things for Cristobal but right now it seems like Cristobal is doing things for Hank because maybe Cristobal now associates Hank with that feeling that Elena was trying to get and maybe at okay, some so let me yeah. I mean this is this is a hell of a theory. And this is only um rivaled by the theory that I have on our succession episode, which is out on all feeds now. Um that's the episode on episode four. Oh shit, I, did I, I just accidentally oh my my like did I just accidentally give it I didn't mean to because like I hate being wrong. No, I mean the theory, who knows what who knows if it's true. If you hear when you hear my theory on succession you won't be afraid of being wrong because that, that is a hell of a theory. Um, I won't give it on this podcast if people haven't listened. So just understand, you're saying, obviously Elena's intention was to remove, not my words, but remove the gay from Cristobal <laughs> and replace it with him having feelings for Elena. Yeah. But you're saying that might have been um, stopped prematurely and then the feelings were replaced with feelings for um, Hank. I mean, the so feelings were already there, Hank. but like there yeah, might be an extra Hank love to it now. I mean, I get what you're saying. 
it feels like Ethereum fit for Severance, not Barry. Maybe, yeah. Like, it doesn't seem but like I something they want to explore, at least. Like, I can't yeah, wait it seems like for not it. Not to be the final season. But, I, I mean, we can we can drop that down a lot more and, like, really, really dummify it and just, and just make it seem like, honestly, Hank came and saved his life. Yeah. Like, Hank came to... I can't remember where they're, they're from. Bolivia. Bolivia. So, Cam came all the way to Bolivia, saved his life, killed a panther. So, like, yeah. yes, he loves him. Like, he, 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 he loves him way more than he loved him 24 hours before Hank came to Bolivia. So, like, I think the logic is still there. That, maybe the that maybe sounds, the yeah, that well. maybe sounds a, a lot more realistic and possible. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, so he, he definitely loves him. Whether, I mean, I guess whether the whole thing about Barry and jealousy comes into play determines on where this whole thing goes with Hank. And we'll get to that in a second. Mm-hmm. But before that, I want to talk about what I think was the my favorite scene in the two episodes. Not what I think, what I know is my favorite scene in the two episodes. As before that, you mentioned that Hank is suffering from PTSD. Yeah. Um, and then that leads him to realize that Barry is in jail. Long story, you get about the episode. Um, and then now he wants to break out Barry wants to break Barry out of prison by way of a sand conglomerate, which leads to the scene at Dave and Buster's between two rival criminal gangs and Hank and Cristobal. And this scene is so good. What do they call the it? The bestest place on earth? Best bestest place in the world, Dave and Buster's. This scene is so good. Like, I mean, you guys know what happens in this scene. It's like a, a 360 rotating one take scene in which it follows one of the characters and then the other character comes in and it follows in the other direction, clockwise, counterclockwise. And again, as someone like me who likes shit, stupid shit like this, when you're watching, you're like, oh, this is what they're doing. But then there's a way to do it where it's not like stupid artsy farty stuff, but also just like, you know that Hank and Christopher actually practice this because that is very in line with their character. Like the point when Hank is running like the other direction in the camera because he just realized that he missed his cue and he has to be at the right point to come in. You're like, oh, of course Hank and Christopher practiced this for like two hours before everybody else got here. That is why, like, so like on one hand it works from a technical, this is a really cool direction, directing um, technique, but also it works story-wise because this is what these guys do. This is, this is, it falls in line with their characters. The waitress coming at the end to ask for their order is just, again, just the ice on, on, on the cake. It's just chef's kiss. I just, I just really, really love that scene. I think the directing that scene is just really good. Um, I was just to um, be here to talk about this scene, actually, and he mentioned how something like this happens in a warehouse and they were going to write it in a warehouse. But then they got bored about it. And it was like, it was like, let's just have it in Dave and Buster's. Let's have this big criminal meeting in a restaurant that has children in it. That is fun. That that is honestly, if you distill what Barry is as a show, that is it. Like it's that is the dark comedy. That is like this incredibly violent gangs are having a meeting at a Dave and Buster's. I, I don't know. I just I just really 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 like that scene. Yeah, no, same. Like everything you said, I like that's ex- that I loved everything about that. Well. And then just, you were mentioning, even them forgetting their cues, like even at the end, like when they put their hands out and Christopher was like, oh yeah, like I feel like everything was killing me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's still there. Like Hank has always been that one character. Like, yes, he's getting, he, he makes serious decisions sometimes. Um, but he's that one character that like the way we're talking about, sometimes people not necessarily deluded, but living in 
whatever they say is their reality. Hank has always been there. So of mm. course they wouldn't really think, yeah, there's like, he never seems phased by anything odd. Like, of course he would like, he would order a bomb to, and, and just have it there. And yeah, sure. Like, he doesn't even know if Barry is interested, no, but yeah, Barry would do it. Of course he would have a meeting in the Dave and the Busters and, uh, like, it, it, and, and of course, Christopher would want to give like a talk. Like, Christopher has always been that guy that would be like, he's basically like these life coaches at this point. So, yes, of course, they give mm-hmm. a keynote presentation together on how to kumbaya these two gangs together and take over the world. Like, it's it's perfect. And it works in, in their defense. It works. It's perfect. Uh, yeah. So, speaking of Hank, Hank finds out from Fuchs that Barry is talking to the FBI because Fuchs calls him. Late at night, mm. crying. And this also destroys destroys Hank, mostly because he was just planning to break Barry out of prison because he thought him and Barry were friends. Yeah. And then he, he ends this episode stating that him and Christopher have to kill Barry. And yeah, I like I'm I'm excited for this season. I'm excited for what like this kind of forward momentum could do for the show if it's like like, I don't know, with Fuchs becoming man-scorned, I want to kill Barry as well. But if you have Christopher and Hank going after Barry, and Barry's trying to snitch on them, but also trying to get Sally back, and you know Natalie's going to come back at some point. Oh, What's going to yeah. go happen with Gene? It's just, this is like the way to set up a season. Six episodes left. The show ends. Yeah, I'm just excited for what the season could hold. Same. I think, yeah. Sorry, I don't have I don't have anything to add to that. Like saying, no, no, it's fine. Yeah, I mean, um, but yeah, I think like we've kind of covered. I think we covered the characters. Is there anything that you haven't? Oh, let me look at my notes. Actually, is there anyone that you want to see come back? Um, it's always good to see like what the rest of the acting class is up to every now and then. Like when we when Barry moved back with the other guys and we saw how they had turned his room into like their little studio, that was cool. Um, so like it's not necessarily something I'm looking for, but I know that at mm-hmm. some point we'll probably see just what they've been up to. Um, I don't know how. I'm pretty sure Natalie and Sally will probably have some sort of meeting at some point. Maybe, maybe, maybe there won't be time for it, but they might have some sort of. Oh no, Natalie's gonna be Natalie's gonna be in the final season, like Darcy Carden. You cannot have her in the final season. Fair enough. Um, so like that interaction, if she gets to interact with Sally or even Jean, or most importantly, Sally, that would be interesting to see. Um, who else am I thinking of? Is there anyone? Um, I, can't, I want to see Kirby Hillwell Baptiste come back. I don't know if she will, but that's the, so she's in acting class, the black actress. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's like any, anyone from the acting class at all. Like I would love to see like what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Cause we only saw what, like three or four of them in the whole of season three. Um, we didn't see her, for example. So that would be nice. That would be nice. Um, maybe she'll, we've already seen Lindsay, but maybe one throwaway scene at Banshee with the execs again, because like, I love how clueless that Banshee exec is every time she's on screen. And I think, yeah. You know I, what? The answer is, is Vanessa Bayer. Give me Vanessa Bayer again. That was the answer, actually. Oh. So, I, yeah, I don't know who that is by name. See, I, I remember oh, faces so and the one, She's the one that had the meeting with um, Sally and her agent at Banshee that's like give it a bit of mm, not oh. mm. <laughs> nah I'm dead yeah yeah fair enough fair enough yeah the things, scenes like that just give you that comic relief that you need with this show um, mm. I'm trying to think who else would I really want to see and 
Well, I guess for now that's it that I can think of. Oh yeah, um, Albert. Um, he's his story is done, but I don't know. Okay, I, it's not necessary to see him again. Actually, now that I think. About yeah, it. I think his story might be. But for context, for listeners, Albert is um, Barry's war buddy who works for the FBI. But basically, let him go at the end of last season. Actually, there might be there might be some problems there. But we'll find yeah, it's out. like he's maybe thinking like. Well, to be fair, Barry hasn't actually done anything after he was let go, except attempt to kill um, Jim Moss. That's kind of bad. That's that the one thing. <laughs> yeah, happened. but he didn't actually do it. Is the point? We don't know. Maybe yep. he was. Maybe he was just going to threaten him. We actually, and I feel like that's probably I mean, going into I hate the season. To tell you, Jerry, but threatening is also a crime. Yeah, of course it is. But I thought that like, going into the season, that that's probably the angle that a lawyer would take and be like, "Well, the police, the sting operation, they didn't actually." Mm show mm. anything happen i'll be thinking well do you want him to be dead first <laughs> something yeah but, well i mean they have what's his name they have his his confession or his testimony um mm. yeah but then um, i noticed in season three as well that when they were asking who else has said that barry killed when albert when they when the police basically say it's the raven albert asks who else says this and then they say gene says it and then that's when jim moss is like hmm, i'm gonna go like question gene so everybody knows yes Gene will testify his truth, yes. But in that moment, someone could have said, well, Gene did hear it from the Raven, so can we trust that? It's just obviously all the evidence, eventually when I thought about it logically, of like Barry was there, like mm. eventually it would come out that like he did it. Yeah, but like why did Barry even come to Gene if he wasn't guilty? At like, exactly. Like, like, like house. yeah. Um, Okay. That's a good place to end it. Do you have any final points or are you good to go? I think, well, if, if we think hard enough, we can get final points, but there's no point. Like, there's a whole season left. I was very tempted to keep watching, but I had to just keep myself small. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. Well, to see now you can go watch goes. episode three. Yeah, yeah. Like, absolutely. I'm probably going to do And that yeah, we, we'll be back. I think all things being equal, Jay will be here for with us all through the season. Um, OBR will be back in a couple of episodes, probably leading this. This is probably his second best show. Well, it's definitely <laughs> yes. second best show on TV right now. Probably second best show in the last six or seven years. Um, but yeah, we'll be talking about this show. Rest of oh, the yeah, I have I'm a sad. thought about it ending because you were saying like the season oh, okay. of yeah, so many shows. Like, and it just, like I said, it feels very personal. So many shows that I love just coming to an end at the same time. Like, literally, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel and Barry are going to be airing on the same weekends and competing for the same Emmys. And that brings... Like, it's it's great to see them, like, what they've both achieved, but it's also, like, kind of bittersweet that, like, these shows that I love so much. And when people ask me, what are my favorite shows? What do I recommend? Those two are usually right in there. And they're just mm. not going to exist anymore. And Succession is there as well. And Succession is just going to be done, like... It's sad to say goodbye, but at the at the end of the day, these shows know the stories they want to tell, and I will miss yeah. them, but I love them, and yeah, that's it. Yeah, try being, try being a podcaster covering these shows. I that week, that week is literally gonna the same. They all finish in the same week: Barry, Succession, Ted Lasso, Mrs. Maisel, all within the space of ten days. Yikes! So that is, guys. Look, I know we're not heroes, but. Maybe somebody should sew us a cape because we're, we're doing we're doing the good work here. We're doing the hard work. Anyways, um, yeah, that was a good point to end it. Um, thank you guys for listening. Please, please come back 
next week we're talking about more Barry we're talking about more Succession if you watch Succession the episode is right there on the feed um, yeah and we're talking about other things and like I said we're all barreling towards that that final week end of May beginning of June when we're going to be covering the finales of some of the shows that I've really really loved in the last few years um, some of my best shows the last six or seven years um, but yeah for now thank you Jeremiah for coming on thanks for having me we'll speak again soon and thank you to all our listeners and join us next week when we'll be joined by the one person I will never snitch on I can never snitch on him and that's the great Oscar winner Daniel Kaluuya bye guys bye guys